Welcome to the Virgin Diabetic Podcast. My name is Denise Panzers, and I'm a diabetes and holistic lifestyle coach. Type 2 diabetes is a chronic disease, and it plagues over 34 million in the U.S. and hundreds of millions worldwide. I was one of those unlucky people to be diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and prescribed medication with four daily insulin shots. It left me devastated. But then I realized, contrary to what everyone told me, I could reverse my diabetes. And my happy day was when I eliminated all medication and all insulin. Join me on this journey to learn and gain insight on reversing the effects of your diabetes. Being diagnosed with diabetes is never good news, and you might be wondering what options you have to help you toward better health. If you don't successfully change your diet, doctors usually prescribe drugs, sometimes several, which treat the symptoms of high blood glucose, but not the cause. The cause of insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes is glucose toxicity due to our diet, consuming too many carbs, which are converted to glucose in our blood. Nutritional supplements like lysolin can slow the progression of diabetes and possibly reverse it. Lysolin is the only product that targets the cause of insulin resistance and diabetes itself. Lysolin's safe, healthy, and natural formula acts like a glucose sponge so that glucose does not end up becoming toxic. Lysolin has proven to work in clinical studies for people with prediabetes and type 2 diabetes. Visit Lysolin.com, L-Y-S-U-L-I-N.com and start today to help yourself to better health. I'd like to talk today about feeling like a failure because I let myself get type 2 diabetes. I don't know. Did you feel like me when you were diagnosed? I remember falling into a bit of a depression for a short time, and I tried to figure out how I let this happen. I consider myself a fairly intelligent person, but you know, I really let my health get by me. And if you've read my book, The Virgin Diabetic, I talk a little bit about my dad who had type 2 diabetes. He was a short Italian guy who was just terribly overweight. He could never get his weight under control. Because of this disease of diabetes, he died at the age of 61. Now, even after the death of my father, you would think I became more cognizant of this disease. Well, you see... I did not have a weight problem. So why would I have to worry about diabetes? You know, my doctor and I would discuss my constant fatigue. He always reminded me to eat right and exercise daily. We talked about my excessive work schedule, assuming that contributed to my fatigue. Take note, that was really a red flag. This is one we all tend to take for granted. But something deep in the back of my brain kept telling me something was wrong, but I really didn't pay attention. Now I'm going to get to the real stupid part of my story. I had a career change. I began working in the laboratory industry. Little did I know this would make a huge difference in my life. One of the perks of working for a laboratory is we received annual lab testing. 
Guess what my first fasting glucose test result was? 180. You heard me, 180. So we're all clear that is more than 80 points higher than it should be. Now, what did I do when I saw that result? Well, I put that report away for another day, except that other day for me to look at it never came. I will say I did go back to working out, but that really was short-lived. And once in a while, I tried to eat healthier. The next year, my fasting glucose was 245 and my A1C was 8.9%. Oh my gosh, it got worse. What was I thinking? But hey, I was still alive and kicking. I was just tired. I didn't seem to have any other health concerns. I tried to watch what I ate again and exercised on occasion. And then going on year three, my fasting glucose was 312, and my A1C was 9.7%. Okay, that was finally my wake-up call. I finally saw on paper my glucose kept getting worse year after year. The little bit of exercising and slight adjustment to some of my meals clearly did not cut it. Well, then I hit rock bottom. Over a week later, I ended up in the ER with pancreatitis and pneumonia. My glucose was 410. My A1C was 10%, which meant I had an average glucose of approximately 240 every day. That little nagging in the back of my brain yelling at me, do something, didn't mean anything until I hit rock bottom. What is it about human nature that we just don't believe anything will happen to us? While I laid in my hospital bed, hooked up to an IV for nourishment, I was embarrassed. I felt like I failed as an adult in taking care of myself. So how can I confidently take care of anyone else? Through my personal and career life, I strive to work out solutions for whatever came our way. I let my health slip right through my fingers. And then another slap in the face for me was at the end of my hospital stay, the diabetic nurse came in to teach me how to give myself an insulin shot. What did I get myself into? As a diabetes coach, the biggest fear with almost all diabetics I speak with is avoided the dreaded insulin shot. I look back on that moment remembering how I felt. My lowest day that week was not being admitted into the hospital like I first thought it was. It was being told my body no longer produces insulin. This was life-changing for me. That's it. No discussion. This was how I had to look at changing the rest of my life was taking insulin shots. I was in my mid-40s, and if I live into my 80s, that's 40 years of this, nearly half of my life. Outside of teaching me to give myself an insulin shot, there was no other discussion. My mind was reeling when I was told I had to take insulin. I felt like I was sitting in a cave and I couldn't hear or think clearly. I didn't even think I could feel worse about how I let my health go. I quickly realized that not only does this diagnosis and prescription affect my body, but no one ever talked to me about the mental aspect of being diagnosed. 
I left the hospital with a bunch of paper telling me what to eat and to take my medication. Whether it's diabetes or another disease, it's easy to fall into a slight depression. I didn't know where to turn. Doctors just told me to take my medication. Friends and family wanted to help and sent me a ton of diabetic cookbooks, which I truly appreciated the outpour of love. Diabetic cookbooks? Oh my gosh, that's another topic for another day. (laughs) Well, I walked into my doctor's offices, yes, I had multiple doctors, asking for help to stop taking insulin. I was now ready to learn how to lead a healthy life. Too late, I was told. I signed up for diabetes nutrition classes then. I asked the same question, and the answer was basically the same. You'll be on insulin the rest of your life. So I took it one step further and met privately with diabetes educators. I explained my goal and wanted the help to stop the medication and insulin. I had great hope because one of the educators I spoke with had a child with type 1 diabetes. This is the one person who could understand how I felt. It was the one person who understood what it's like to have take insulin and then see this roller coaster ride with your glucose levels. I was shocked by her answer. Honey, your medication insulin dosages will just increase as you age. I just walked out of her office just so dejected, just thinking, what have I done to myself? Well, I needed a few days to feel sorry for myself. Then I realized... I like to find solutions to problems. I am a believer that there is a solution to every issue. I'm also certified in Six Sigma when I was in the laboratory industry. And Six Sigma is a methodology to improve business processes. And I realized I could apply this and I can start with what I know and expand my knowledge. I researched information on diabetes, and yes, I read some very long and boring research papers, and I expanded my training into holistic nutrition and homeopathy. I really believed those areas would help me put the pieces together. Now, I've heard about people who have turned their health around, so why can't I be one of those people? How many times was Colonel Sanders told no before he became successful? So why do I have to accept the word of people in the medical industry? The medical establishment has not been known for thinking out of the box when it comes to chronic disease. And I realized something needed to change. I knew I was not the only diabetic that felt this way. I learned that diabetes rates kept increasing year after year. So that told me the current protocol was not working. I wanted to be clear on what I needed to accomplish. I had to address the physical aspect of diabetes, and I also had to address the mental aspect of diabetes, because what we've been told in those two areas are not right. I had to address why I felt so lost and felt like I lost control of my life. I had to clarify how and what foods caused the glucose issues, as well as the insulin and the medication. In my research, I learned that the food industry is one area that took millions of people down a path of being unhealthy. Marketing 
made us feel like we were making better choices for unhealthy foods. Let me rephrase that. We love our food and our snacks, don't we? As the years went by, more and more food manufacturers marketed foods and snacks we love to appear to be healthier. And I know I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. We need to eliminate cheap, unhealthy, diabetic, touted foods that we are taught to eat in these diabetes classes. That led me to believe very quickly our medical community knew squat about healthy eating. As I went through my transformation, the first important step was to realize this. Yes, I am accountable for the decisions in my life. I learned that how I made decisions had to be adjusted. I learned the first process at hand is diet and exercise. But guess what? That is very short-lived for most people because no one wants to be on a diet forever. I combined my experience and training in these areas to reverse diabetes. I learned to look at my life in a holistic manner. I took advantage of working in the laboratory industry to target the tests that could help me recover my health. Now, I did hit a bit of a brick wall when I asked my doctor to order certain lab tests. I wanted to know if I could produce any of my own insulin. Now, she really did not want to order any of the tests because I was already taking insulin shots and she thought it was just a useless test. Let me tell you, many of my clients hear the same things. Now, eventually my doctor complied and guess what? I found out I was producing a very small amount of insulin but that gave me the hope that I needed that I could work on increasing my own insulin production. Now, I have to tell you, my doctors did not support this thought process. But you know what? I reached the point of no return. I had nothing to lose at this point. And if I failed, at least I know I did everything I could in my power and my doctors were right. It was medication and insulin for the rest of my life. But what if I did not fail? What if my new view on this disease and on my life was a success? Would that mean I could stop taking insulin? Well, I now had my goal and I really didn't care how long it took me just as long as I reached it. Well, I'm not here to say that every day was super easy. It was not. Some days I was on top of the world doing well And other days, oh, I hit the wall. I was so frustrated. But this process presented a lot of information to me and about me, about my health and how I perceived what I was doing as either healthy or unhealthy. So I really had to take a bit of a look at myself. And one eye-opener for me was I took my health for granted. I relied on others to tell me what was good for me. And I don't do that anymore. This is what put me back in the driver's seat. I started to get control of my life again. And you don't fully appreciate it until you lose it. You know, when I look back, eating processed foods, ordering food through the drive-thrus, not getting proper rest, and Ignoring those little red flags my body was giving me are things that contributed to my ill health. 
As far as genetics, I believe it's only a small part that really plays in the role of diabetes. Now, I don't believe that self-control is the only key. I do believe education and learning how to recognize those signs your body and your glucose levels are telling you and understanding lab tests that can help give you the information you need to successfully turn your diabetes around. It is a series of things that help you to do this, not just one or two. I believe the difficulty most diabetics have is that we make this process harder than it really is. And we let our lack of knowledge sabotage our efforts. Now, to begin with, it really might not be entirely your fault in getting diabetes. I do believe a portion of responsibility is laid at the feet of our agriculture industry and food manufacturers. We've come accustomed to flavors they create and they process food and chemicals together and then they lure society with cheap prices. Human beings love food. So we were easy bait. We were led to believe we needed them, but I've learned otherwise. Life has taken me through all types of turns. My first step in recovering from diabetes was to share my story in my book, The Virgin Diabetic. Then I thought, well, what else can I do to share information on how to make individualized changes? And I learned that that was really to share my protocol. So I've done that through coaching one-on-one or through my online coaching problem. Then I thought about what else can I do to share information on how to make individualized changes. And that was to share my protocol through coaching, either one-on-one or through my online coaching program. I love to see and hear the excitement from people when they too have turned their diabetes around. We're taking charge of our lives, no matter what we are told by the experts. We are surprising our doctors. My best day was when I eliminated all of my medication and insulin. I proved my doctors wrong. To this day, when my clients tell their doctors that they are working with me to rest their pancreas so they can turn their diabetes around, many typically don't get the support they're looking for. So I'm here to share that number one, not all doctors are that way. So find one that will support your efforts. Number two, please have some faith in yourself. Anyone can learn how to improve diabetes. The key is making it last, and that's why having the right education is key. And number three, as you see improvement, your confidence will increase. You know, many of us lose confidence in ourselves when we speak to a member of the medical community because we may not be medically trained. Well, you don't have to feel that way any longer. In fact, I've spoken to doctors and nurses with diabetes or who have family members with diabetes who struggle. Remember, they're human too. They don't always have the answers. And even more so, they don't have the time to spend with you. You know, I've learned to take my failure and as they say, make lemonade out of lemons. I chose to take a risk and follow my gut. 
We have nothing to lose when we want to improve our health. The human body is amazing. It wants to heal. We just have to be willing to give it the opportunity to do that. I wish you the best of health. Thank you for joining me on this episode. To hear how the natural supplement Lysolin works for me and many of my clients, visit Lysolin.com, L-Y-S-U-L-I-N.com for more information. Please do not consider this as medical information. Always consult with a physician before making any changes. New episodes are released on the first and third Wednesday each month. And for more information or a free consultation, visit reversemydiabetes.net. And as always, I wish you the best of health.